Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Today is Sunday, April the 22nd. Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter number 6, and we're going to continue our study. Um, in verses 19 through 21 of this chapter, we saw that we should seek a single treasure. Then we saw in verses 20 through 22 through 23 that we should have a single vision. Now in verse number 24, we see that we should have a single master. The verse says, no man can serve two masters for either, either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and do ask that you'd go before us today, that you'd bless this time that we have in your word. Lord, open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our hearts to understand the things that you have for us. Lord, you know the needs that are represented on both sides of this microphone. Ask, Father, that you would meet them according to your riches and glory and that your will would be done. In Jesus' name, amen. What the writer of the Gospel of Matthew is saying here is just as we cannot have our treasures both on earth and in heaven, or our bodies both in the dark and in the light, so too we cannot serve two masters. Now the word master here is often translated as Lord. The idea is not that simply of an employer but of a slave owner. Now, while it is possible to have more than one employer and still satisfy each of them, it is impossible to have more than one owner. You see, the slave owner has total control of the slave. The slave is owned, totally controlled by, and totally obligated to his master. So he cannot have another master. That's why Jesus said in Luke 6, 26, And why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you do not the things which I say? You see, it's hypocritical to call Jesus your Lord and then not obey him. John spoke to this in chapter 14, verse number 21. And when he said, when Jesus said, He that hath my commandments... And keepeth them, it is he that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest my to him, myself to him. I see two things that we can pull from this verse. Number one, if you're a child of God, you will obey the commandments of God. If you don't commit the commandments of God, then you're obviously not a child of God. That's pretty simple. <laughs> and he says, if you want to see me, then I'm going to have to see you. If you want me to be there, if you want me to manifest, if you want me to show myself to you, then you have to keep my commandments. You see, so many people in the day in which we live, and I counsel with young people all the time, they're walking in disobedience, but they want God to show himself to them. They want God to answer their prayers. They want God to make a way where there seems no way, and yet they won't be obedient. And then out of their mouth, they tell me they love God. Well, Jesus said in John 14, 21, no, you don't. You see, for the slave to give anything to anyone else would make his master less than a master. 
No slave can fully or faithfully serve more than one master. It's not possible. We cannot claim Christ as Lord if our allegiance is to anything or to anyone else. You know, Paul said to the Romans in 6.16, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. You see, you can't serve two masters. You either serve Christ or you serve the devil. It's that simple. You either walk in the dark or you walk in the light. You either obey or you don't. There's no middle ground. There's no fence. John Calvin once said, where riches hold the dominion of the heart, God has lost his authority. You see, anything that pulls us away from God pulls us away from being his servants. You see, our treasure is either on earth or it's in heaven. Our spiritual life is either full of light or it's full of darkness. Our master is either God or the devil. And it's as simple as that, folks. And we try to dance around this, these issues in our churches today. We try to dance around these issues when we, when we meet and we fellowship with other believers. You're either walking in obedience or you're walking in disobedience. He's either your master or he's not. One or the other. You see, Joshua told the Jews in Joshua 20, 24, 15, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Elijah asked the Jews in 1 Kings 18, 21, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, then follow him. And if Baal be God, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. We have to answer. It demands an answer from us. Who do we serve? We either serve the God of this world or we serve God the God of heaven, one or the other. We have to answer that question. And then he comes down to verse number 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even King Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven. Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the Morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now, Jesus, now that he's firmly established, 
I'm your master. Serve me. Be careful what you're looking. Be careful where you're going. Be careful what you're thinking. Be obedient. He turns his attention toward our anxieties about about what we are to eat, to drink, and to wear. And this passage is directed at both the rich and the poor. Now, bear in mind, context, context, context. This is a Jewish Messiah speaking to a Jewish people about a Jewish kingdom. The church is not in view here. The church did not come about until after the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's speaking to Jews here. However, we can still pull some application for you and I today. Yes, the rich are tempted to trust in their possessions and the poor are tempted to doubt God's provision. That doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile. We all struggle with these things. The rich are tempted to become self-satisfied in the false security of their riches. And the poor are tempted to worry and fear in the false insecurity of their poverty. And whether you're rich or you're poor, the best indicator of a man's spiritual condition is his attitude toward material possessions. Remember the the verse number 24, what it says? It says, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon speaks of materialism. It refers to the things of this world and the God of this world is the devil. He is the enemy of our souls. So again, whether rich or poor, the best indicator of a man's spiritual condition is his attitude toward material possessions. Because if he's overly focused on material possessions, then he is not serving the God of heaven. He is focusing on the God of this world or the God of of mammon. You see, the Bible makes it very clear that there are two types of men. There's a natural man. There's a spiritual man. The natural man is unregenerated spiritually. He's lost. The spiritual man is regenerated spiritually. He's saved. The natural man is an earthly creature, and he's therefore concerned about earthly things. The spiritual man is a heavenly creature, and he is concerned about heavenly things. You know, Jesus said in John 17, 16, ye are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. Three times in this passage, Jesus gives the command to not worry or to be anxious. And he also gives four reasons why we should not worry or be anxious. Let's take a look at those. Number one, it is unfaithful, unfaithful, because of our master. Notice, and for this reason. What reason? Verse number 24. What was verse number 24? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll hold to the one and despise the other. So now he says, and for this reason. You see, to worry is to doubt the faithfulness of our master. We're doubting his ability to take care of us. Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. 
in First Chronicles 29.11. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. It all belongs to the Lord. It's all his to disseminate as he wills. And then number two, he says, it is unnecessary to worry. It is unnecessary because of our father. You remember in verses 26 through 30, behold the fowls of the air. They sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feedeth them. Are ye not better than they? The believer has no reason to worry because of who our father is. Jesus is basically asking them, have you forgotten who your heavenly father is? Therefore, he concludes that it is foolish to worry about food. It's foolish to worry about life. It's foolish to worry about clothing because of who our father is. And then the third thing, it is unreasonable because of our faith. In verses 31, therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of them. He knows that you need these things. Worry is inconsistent with our faith and is therefore sinful. To worry means that we have taken our eyes off of God. Verse number 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We're not to worry. When we worry, we're doubting God. We're not being singularly focused. And then fourthly, it's unwise because of our future. In verse number 34, he said, Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. See, making reasonable provisions for tomorrow is wise, but to be anxious about tomorrow is unwise. And Lamentations 3.22, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his passions, compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. In Isaiah, excuse me, 26.3, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. You see, the reason we lose our peace is because we don't keep our minds upon him. And he says, we do this because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. You want strength? I want strength. Keep our eyes upon the Lord. There's an old hymn written by Ira Stanfield, which says, I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. And I don't borrow from the sunshine because the skies might turn to gray. And I don't worry about the future because I know what Jesus said. And today I'm going to walk beside him because he's the one who knows what lies ahead. There are things about tomorrow that I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand. God bless you guys. Hope that you have an awesome Lord's Day. Remember always that he loves you, that he wants the best for you, and that he's working all things out for your good.